to the Smells Like Middle-Aged Spirit Podcast. What smells so bad? It's strong, but you'll get used to it. Now here's your hosts, Nick Stevenson yeah, and buddy. Chris Clark. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it is that time again. Whatever time of day it is, wherever you may be listening in the world, you have just tuned in to episode five of the Smells Like Middle-Aged Spirit podcast. As always, I'm Nick Stevenson. You know my man Chris Clark is in the building. What's up, my brother? I could not think of any more fitting guests to be our first guests than the two women we are about to introduce you to. Were it not for these ladies, this podcast would not exist <laughs> because they are our mothers. It is my distinct pleasure. It is Chris's distinct pleasure to bring to you our lovely mothers. First, let's start with Chris's beautiful mother, fiery mother, Elizabeth Clark. How are you doing? Great. All righty. And my mother is in the building, the one and only, Yura Stevenson. How's it going, Ma? It's going great. great. I'm really glad to have you guys here. It's very exciting. Finally. You guys have been supporting us in a major way from near and from afar. My mother's here from out of town. Coming from Baltimore, Mom, what's what's the weather like in Baltimore right now? Uh, it was when I left in the upper thirties. Upper thirties, mm-hmm. mm. yeah. yeah, that's that's like a heavy you? jacket. <laughs> that's a heavy jacket and and earmuffs day in Houston that, for that, sure. And that's probably about as worse as gonna get in Houston. Yeah, for sure. But uh, so the East Coast, you hold, you're holding it down over there. Uh, you're about a stone's throw from D.C., yep. so nothing yep. too crazy going on over there, is it? Uh, it's a lot crazy going on over there. <laughs> a lot going Alrighty. on Alrighty. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll save that subject for another time, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> but no, it's good to have you guys here. We're doing our fifth episode. You guys are two of the people who've been supporting us through this whole thing, and it's been, it's been incredible. And I always tell when we get on the show, I have to thank everybody, because if it were not for them, we'd just be sitting here talking to ourselves. Absolutely. So... Uh, Christopher Clark is somewhat of a celebrity, man. His his sound drops have been <laughs> heavily requested. Uh, we had to bring the Tarzan back. We'll get into why why the Tarzan sound effect is for Chris in a little bit. But since you guys are here, our first episode, what we decided to do is we wanted to let our audience kind of get to know us. And who better to help do that than our own mothers? There you so go. that's it. Uh, Might not have been a good idea. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. We'll find out. Uh, I've gotten pretty good at editing, so if 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 this podcast comes out and it's only ten minutes long, you guys will know why. <laughs> so, man, I'm really excited to have everybody here. Though we have two parents who I think it's fair to say did things a little bit different. Yeah, uh, as we've discussed in previous. Yes, episodes. we have discussed that. You guys did things a little bit different, but the ironic thing is, I feel like all in all, the result. Pretty much the same. There you go. Liz, Results I can, came out good. Yeah, I can say yeah. you did a really good job. Uh, <laughs> Chris is a great dude, and he's one of my best friends, and I'm proud and happy to know him. And Ma, anytime anybody compliments me on the type of person I've become, I always have to point them in your direction. The way that I grew up in our household was a little bit, I guess you would call unorthodox. Once again, the results were still the same. Liz, if you've been listening, we talked about how in your household... Chris had a little extra freedom. <laughs> Free than, brain. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of extra freedom than probably most kids would have. What I wanted to ask you, like, is there any exaggeration in what he's saying whatsoever? How would you assess what it was like raising kids in your home and the approach that you took? 
No, he's absolutely correct. He basically had free reign as long as he didn't break the law. Right. And as long as he came to me with whatever was going on, uh huh. I'd tell him, you tell me the truth, I can go to bat for you. You lied to me, you're on your own. <laughs> absolutely. And she did, man, several times. Yeah. I mean, there was there was numerous times that I would just flat ass admit, hey, I fucked up. I right. fucked up. I did something I shouldn't have, and I don't want to say there was no consequences, but yeah. the consequences were substantially less. Yeah, because Mama had your back. Mama was fighting for me. To think about the amount of trust that you would have had to have had in him and he and you, because that could have went any way. It could have, and earlier, later on in teenage years, it kind of went south a little bit, but right. it worked out kind of quick, and and he figured it out, and... The day I knew it was all worth it when he came to me as an adult and said, you know, Mama, you was right. Yeah. <laughs> That's got to be, man, I can't wait for that day. Yeah. If it comes. If it comes. There you go. It, it shows it up eventually. Okay. So, I mean, is that similar to how you grew up in your house? Is that where you got the Absolutely idea? Absolutely not. Okay. So, no. what, was, what was the difference between the way you decided to do it and, and how you grew up? I didn't grow up in a family that was... Real loving and nurturing. My mm-hmm. mother is today. She's absolutely the most wonderful mother in the world. Yes. I told Keith when we first got married that I didn't want to have children mm-hmm. because of the way I was brought up. And I said, if we ever do, ha-, he said, the reason I picked you was because I thought you would be a good mom. Mm-hmm. And I said, if we ever do have children, I have one one rule and one rule only. And he said, what? And I said, You'll never lay a hand on my children. And he's like, well, that's kind of extreme. Isn't it? A, a, right, a little right. extreme. And, of course, then again, when those teenager years got there, I thought, hmm, yeah. I probably should rethink <laughs> this a bit. Yeah, he probably was like, can, can I get a whooping limit? Like, I won't exceed this amount of whoopings. But, yeah, I feel you. That's incredible. And that he recognized that you would be a good mother before ever seeing it happen. You decided when I have kids – you know, we're going to love, we're going to nurture. I'm going to be somebody that they can come talk to. They're not going to be scared of me. Right. And I just figured there was alternate ways to discipline. Things that you could take away from them that was more important to them than ever putting your hands on them. Okay. I was always like, if you hit a kid, you're teaching a kid to hit. Right. And like I said, I came from family way back all the way to great-grandpas that all they knew how to do was, that was the first thing they did was hit. Right. And I'm not. I have so many friends that discipline their children and spank them, and a kid deserves a spanking every once in a while. That's not, you know, I just with mine was, had decided that I would never put a hand on them. Now, there is a few times that Christopher at, you know, five foot twelve would bow up, and I'd say, "Don't think for one second I won't put you in that wall and take out thirty two of your teeth." Right, right. Just because it hasn't happened right. doesn't mean it won't. Absolutely. Of it all. Yeah. So if me and Mom are looking at you guys with this puzzled look, is because <laughs> I can it was say, Smackdown City. Yeah, yeah. I can yeah. say for both of us, <laughs> like kidding. that's not how it went. I think every generation of parents, they want to do it a little bit better uh, yeah, than their course. parents did. Yes. I can say that I know that my mother tried to take the good and the positive from her upbringing and incorporate that into how she was going to be mm-hmm. a mother. Um, but corporal punishment was a thing. It was. It was. One of the things that I think 
I did a little bit different from my parenting was Nick being my first kid. I did talk to him a lot more. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't just getting the corporal punishment, but we talked about things a lot. And Nick, I have to say, was... Don't let this get your head too big. He was an amazing kid. Like, yeah. I didn't have a lot of problems yeah. with him. I really didn't. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, although he did get spanked. Yeah. He did get in trouble. But he was one of those kids that generally, if I gave him restrictions or said, do this or don't do that, he pretty much gotcha. he did it. Yeah. yeah. I think, Mama, you laid a baseline. And I don't remember when that was, but I probably got myself a good whooping that told me, okay, I'm not doing that again. <laughs> so yeah. I was one of those kids. And yeah. I talked about this with you and Maddie, like just the threat or right. the warning of possibly getting spanked was enough to keep me in line. And I agree with you 100%. One thing I picked up from you in the way that I parent is I wasn't just, I, I told myself I'm never going to spank my kids while I'm angry. Yes. And they're going to know why I'm doing what I'm doing and what the reason is. And there's going to be a lesson behind it. We're going to talk it out. And I picked that up from my mother who I I said in an earlier episode, when Maddie was young, I used to talk to her about everything, probably some stuff that was too heavy. I, (laughs) I got that from my mother. I mean, we used to talk about everything, but it prepared me, you know, being able to come to have communication, not just with my mother, but with, other people. That's yeah, of course. Probably why I'm this comfortable sitting in front of a microphone because we, we talk <laughs> we do, all the we time. <laughs> yeah. And another we, thing yeah. that another reason why I think about that now, I didn't at the time, but I was 19 when Nick was born, mm-hmm. yes. and so we sort of grew up together. Yeah. I went to high school twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You really did. Yeah. Absolutely. And what I've learned as a parent now is you're just figuring this shit out as you go. And dude, you know, like we said in the I think it was the third episode, there's no play, there's no playbook, there's no rule book, no. there's no guidelines to this. I well, mean, there's a lot of people who like to write books and well, they think they have the right of, way. Of course. But you can't you can't go by that. No. No, the doctor hands them to you and says sink or swim. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And yeah. uh I got to give you guys credit, man. You 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 did the very best with what Phenomenal. you were handed. We are both extremely grateful yep. uh, that you guys are mothers. Talking about the the difference, once again, between the two households. Like I said, my mother, she grew up in a house where there was corporal punishment. There was rules. We grew up, um, she is second or third generation of the religion that we were a part of. So uh, there was just a lot of restriction. Yeah. What, what was kind of lacking, not maybe intentionally, was that trust factor. Mm-hmm. I think about you telling Chris, all right, whatever y'all do in this house, that's cool. Just make sure it's happening here so I can... I can Keep an eye make on sure it. that it doesn't get yeah. too out of hand. Yeah. That's just the thought of that is so foreign. It's so foreign to the both of because we grew up where there's rules and they're written in stone and you do this yeah. and you do it this way. Yeah. If you go in a different direction, then there's consequences for yeah. that. Yeah. So I don't think it was intended to not have trust there, but I think that's definitely kind of what the implication is, is yeah. that your mom trusted you that you would figure it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. of course. And and the way we grew up, it was they're not going to figure it out. We have to teach them, and we have to do it yeah. this way. Like I said, mom in the past has apologized to me. Well, I laugh. For the, I laugh. Every you time probably I deserved every <laughs> bit of see, it. Now, She's trying to get to look, heaven now. I will I, say I, every time I hear it, I just laugh my ass off. Mom's trying to get to heaven now. Right, right, right. Look, because. It's, I was her first child, yeah. so she's she's learning as Practice. she goes. Yeah. And there you go. To you, would seem like, man, I need to whoop this boy for this. Probably pales in comparison to what you later learned when you had a second child. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I tell mom all the time, you know what? I don't have any regrets. I don't hold any hard feelings. Given everything that that you were handed and what you passed on to me, I turned out about as good as I feel like I could have Absolutely. because of it. You're right. And so all the spankings, the, the ones I deserved and the ones I may not have, I'll take them. <laughs> because what it did is it taught me to think about consequences. It taught yeah. me to think ahead before acting. Chris, I want to ask you. Okay. Did you feel a sense of responsibility a little bit to not take it too far because your mom was trusting you or was, I mean, you're a young kid. So are you yeah. like, hell yeah, I can do whatever I want. I, don't, I wonder if there's any part of you that's like, okay, because some kids crave that structure. Yes. At least that's what people say. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> they crave, like they need the discipline. They, yeah. So here you, you kind of have free range to do with you what you want. Uh-huh. Some of your friends are probably jealous as hell. Like, how did you approach that? I mean, was there a part of you was like, okay, my mom's trusting me this much. Maybe I have a responsibility to not so let it get too out of here's hand. Here's the way that I started to form my opinion about this, form my boundaries, form my... How far can I go? How yeah. far can I push it right. spectrum, right? 12 or 13, started getting into music. And then we started getting into skateboarding. So back then, we were, we'd get off of school, we'd walk home. We'd be hanging out in the ditch, right? right? Drinking, smoking, whatever, just mm-hmm. cigs. We came home probably 11, 12 maybe, and, dude, we had this. The backyard's getting ripped to shit. Right. They got, they're, they're tearing it up, and we're just like, hey, uh, what are y'all doing? Like, <laughs> what's going on? Yeah. We're adding an addition. We're putting a sports bar. We're putting y'all a jam room. Okay. Okay. Downstairs was like a little karaoke bar. Probably, what, two of these kitchens? 16 by 20. Yeah. Okay, so 16 okay. by 20. They added a master bedroom onto the back. Of, they added this huge addition, right? Right. So that made me feel like... I've been in there. The place is dope. Okay, <laughs> we don't have to hang out in the ditch no more. Yeah. We can go hang out at my, at my house with a balcony mm-hmm. and chill and jam and skate and do whatever we want to do, right? So... As this progressed, as this went on, it was all my friends would come over and be like, dude, what is this? Like, holy shit. You can go upstairs and pick your guitars up and play drums whenever you want. Yeah. And then we're done. And we can go chill on the back porch and hang out until whenever. Yeah. Like, everybody just mesmerized, right? Right. As these people started coming and going. Of course, the one thing we never allowed was like, People to come in and be punks. You weren't allowed to come in and steal shit. You weren't right. allowed to come in and, you know, cause a scene or, or, right. or be a dickhead. Like, if you're going to come over here, you're going to be cool. Mm-hmm. You're going to get along with everybody. You're going to, we're going to hang out. We're going to have a good time. We're not fighting. We're not causing a ruckus. You're not, I mean, we weren't standing on the back porch at two o'clock in the morning screaming and yelling. Right. Doing like crazy, crazy shit. Mm-hmm. At that point, that's when I started to establish the, okay, maybe there's not a, Line drawn, but I feel this is the line that doesn't need to be crossed. Okay. Because nobody else lives the way we live. Right. Nobody. All I'm, I'm talking every person that ever stepped foot into my house was just mesmerized about your parents built this for you. You're 14, right? <laughs> right. They did this for you? It was for, it was for all of us. It was, you know, mom and dad had a little dance bar downstairs and... We had our jam room upstairs, and I'm telling you, the house was filled with teenagers Monday through Sunday. They never left. 
Wow. I mean, some of, some of the kids stayed there. They lived there. It was looking back on it. It was incredible. You know, I just I just saw it as a lifestyle. Like, right, man, you need a place to stay. I got fifteen couches here. Come on. <laughs> yeah, he drug in every stray that had parents that didn't understand them. Right. Mama actually got tired of hanging out three houses down in the ditch. Watching this, how that all. Yeah, started. yeah. Like y'all gonna y'all gonna bring this home? Yeah, I got you. yeah, yeah. Because it was uh, we're going fishing. Yeah. <laughs> and your fishing hole is where? Yeah. Right. So, Liz, did you see something in Chris as a small child that made you think, okay, I'm, I think he's going to be able to figure this out? Or was that just determined when you decided, hey, I'm going to have kids. It's going to be different from when I was a kid. As a small child, Chris was always a, a follower. or a, a, I want to please my mom. I want to do everything I can possibly do. to. I don't want to be bad. I don't want to get right. in trouble. I, don't, I mean, he was, he was great as a small child. Now, when he got to be a teenager, that was the reason animals ate their young. <laughs> right. But, you know, we put a pool table in and a hockey table in and a slot machine in, and the kids loved that. And every time they brought 10 or 15 friends over, we put stockings out for all their friends. And some of those kids said, we never had a stocking in our life. Yeah. And it yep. was like, you know, wow. 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 And... We had permission from almost all the parents. There was a few strays that came in and out that you yeah. never talked to the parents. But we had a circle of friends and permission from most of the parents knew what was going on and okay. knew what was, you know, what they were going to do. And they were going to be there and, you know, partying like rock stars at 12 right. and 13 and 14 years old. But they were good kids. And mm -hmm. we made sure only the good kids hung around. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We really weeded them out. If we had kids that were disrespectful, yep. if we had kids that were disrespectful to their friends or their girlfriends, and or, that wasn't just them, that was our crew as well. Yes, yeah. like we weren't we weren't playing those games. Like there's, you can come here and you can drink and smoke cigs and hang out and party and have a good time, but you're never going to lose that moral compass. You're yeah. never going to differentiate from right and wrong. Mm -hmm. Like we're not we're not playing any you know stupid games. You want to come over here and party and have a good time? Fantastic. You're more than welcome. The only thing that was is if you do drink, your keys go to bed with them. Yep. You're not leaving. Yeah. You're, you're here. And I don't care who calls and tells me to give them to them because you're not. They would take the keys. When Once they went to Dad bed, took the keys, it was over. It, was they, it. it wasn't coming back going, oh, nope. we had pizza. I'm good. No. Nope. You know, that what? didn't yeah. happen. This is this is a crazy story. Man. I mean, there's... there. So, Chris, did you have a curfew? Not that I can remember. Once he started driving, I had to stay. I spent all his teenage years being sneaky and, and trying to stay three <laughs> steps ahead of him. Right. Like I'd listen at his bedroom door when he was talking on the phone. I would chalk the tires on his car where his car was parked so I'd know if he moved it or not. Right. Because he was just smart enough to know how to turn that odometer back. <laughs> That's what I thought. Right, you know. right. And so it, you spent. I spent so much time sneaking around trying to stay two steps ahead of him when he got to that that age that he was going to just test the waters a little bit more here and there, yeah. you know. But never, it was never, like I said, when he would get himself into a fix that he didn't think he could get out of, yeah. he would come and he'd tell us. That's good. And we would, we would go to bat for him if, if we could or we'd tell him he really screwed up if he screwed up. Yeah. There man. was this one story that just sticks out in my head like a sore thumb, man. One thing about me growing up is I hated, 
I can't emphasize hate enough. I hated school. Right. I didn't want to be there. I didn't care about it. I didn't feel I needed it. I was 10 foot tall and bulletproof. I was going to, I was dead set. I was going to be a rock star. That was like my genuine idea of myself as an adult. Right. right? Didn't care. Didn't need it. Didn't try. I, so many teachers, so many wonderful teachers that tried and tried and tried and tried and tried and they never got through to me. I just, I didn't care. Right. Mm-hmm. And there was a gentleman in my ninth grade class. He was a social studies teacher. He has now passed on, God rest his soul. Old man. The dude should have retired 15 years ago old. Well, when you're dealing with a bunch of ninth graders, not only ninth graders, but ninth grade punks like who don't care what you have to say, mm-hmm. you know, it makes life hell on you. I, all, I was in all black, my hoodie, my Dickies pants, my audio skate shoes. I had long hair and hoodies up, right? And my hand is just like this on his desk. And, of course, he's he's old. He said, Mr. Clark, stand up. Uh, can I ask why? You're not sleeping in my class. I wasn't sleeping, sir. Stand up. So I stood up. He was like, you know what? Go talk to my fire extinguisher. I wasn't trying to fight with him. I wasn't trying to cause a ruckus. Well, me being a little smart-ass kid, I was. I walked over there and I said, What's up, fire extinguisher? He's like, that's it. Get out of my class. I was like, oh, my God. Okay. Well, as I'm walking out, he's like, you know what? This is from the whole class, man. I'll never forget this. He turned around. And he said, "You know, hey, hold on. You know what you should do? You should just drop out right now. You should quit while you're ahead because you're never going to amount to anything. And I swear by that. Uh, Let me go call my mom. I said, I need a reason. I, I need to go to the office. Yeah. I'm not giving you an office referral. You'll enjoy that. You'll have to give me a reason. I was like, fuck you. Just like that in front of the whole class. He starts writing that detention slip up. I went down to the office. Fantastic principal. This dude was phenomenal at what he did. I, I know I shouldn't have done that, but the dude told me to drop out. The dude told me I wasn't gonna amount to anything. I want I want my mom on the phone. And he was like, Well, let's let's just let's just I'm like, dude, please, I wanna call my mom. I called my mom, told her what's going on. Her school was about 10 minutes away, doing the speed limit. She got the phone call, told her boss she was leaving, and turned a 13, 14-minute drive into a 7-minute drive. (laughs) She was there in 15 minutes. And, man, when she got there, she didn't talk to the principal. (laughs) (laughs) She said, I don't want to talk to the principal. I want that teacher right now. And, yeah. dude, I'm sitting there and, like, oh, fuck, man. What did I just do? And she come across that desk. She said, that boy is two seconds from dropping out. If you would ever tell him to drop out or he's never going to amount to anything, it'll be you and your job. I'm, I will come after both of you. I mean, and I'm just standing there like, sure shot. Yeah. She's like, let's go. We're leaving. And we took off. And I was like, hmm. That's right. Don't tell me I ain't gonna amount to nothing. Well, this guy would call me three or four or five times a week at school and say, the boy is sleeping in my classroom. Mm -hmm. And I would say, sir, I get him to school every single day. He's got good attendance. You're his teacher. It's your job to make sure he doesn't sleep in your classroom. I can't come to class with him. And this went on and on and on. And then when Chris called me and said... He just told me that I was worthless to drop out. I said, 
I will be right. <laughs> yeah. Man. And having it. There's too many kids at risk now, and that's the problem. There's some teachers there looking to draw a paycheck, mm-hmm. and there's some teachers there that are willing to go the whole nine yards for these kids because they know, they know yeah. that they're already a risk of dropping out. And back then, kids could just drop out yeah. and not yeah. have to go through all this court mess and do everything. I mean, everything that, was, that and, was legitimately an option. Know? Yeah. And I thought, you were not. 10th grade, you could, you could be like, you know what? I'm done. Right. See y'all later. Like, that's it. That's a wrap. And that's, that's something that a lot of teachers would say. I found out after the fact uh-huh. that Joshua, my other son, had been told similar things. Crazy. And after he's already graduated, he's already an adult. And I'm like, why didn't you tell me that at the time? Yeah, yeah. You know, but apparently. He didn't want mama to come up there. That's what what it was. It's something that happens a lot in schools. And so I think that nowadays there's a change, there's a shift. And I always feel like when when I'm encouraging my friends, it's like we have to be advocates for our kids. Of course. There was a time when, when Nicholas was in school, if I got a call from a teacher or from some administrator, mm-hmm. I generally kind of sided with them. Of course. I thought that, oh, this is an adult and you're a child. Yeah. That kind of mentality. Mm-hmm. But there's been a huge shift. Yeah. And I feel like nowadays you really have to examine it closely because there's mm-hmm. so many people, like Liz said, that are just drawing a paycheck. Yeah. Yeah. And some of them, I feel downright hate children. They yeah. like, why are you even doing this? Yeah. They do. I mean, yeah. there's, there's stories that pop up all over the country that I just, my jaw hits the ground. Yeah. Like how, why, yeah. why do you, why are you spending your time doing something that you just hate? Like, I don't, it just, it, it gets me. Yeah. yeah. It does take a special type of person. It does. I to mean, be it, a teacher, it, they, especially junior the, high kids. That oh is the goodness. God's honest truth, man. <laughs> I, I I've told, imagine. I've told Logan's principal, cause we've visited her quite a few times. <laughs> yeah. I, or I think she's the assistant principal. I've told her multiple times, like, God bless you for doing this job yeah. because it wouldn't be me. Yeah. Like right. I, I would end up fired or in jail. Yes. One of the two, but you're absolutely right. There's people there. It's, it's not, for, it's not for everybody. It's not for everybody. Yeah. You know, you got me thinking about really funny mama showing up to school stories. Because <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> mom, I, first of all, after hearing this mom, Edit. like you have to, after hearing this, you have to think that I was just a boring child. Like <laughs> what is the worst thing? That you had to deal with with me. I would say probably curfew. Curfew was an issue. Probably curfew. And, yes. And honestly, I wasn't losing my mind over curfew. I lost my mind mostly over communication. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I would say to that. him, yeah. if you're going to be, right, because if you're going to be home at 2 o'clock in the morning and you know that you're okay or that I'm sitting here worrying, don't just... I was too scared, bro. Not, not show up. Like, I'm not right? gonna lie to you. I was too scared. Yeah. And I, honestly, I tried to. That was probably the. Biggest but I wasn't. Thing. A, I'm a parent now, so I, no, I, I understand. It, it wasn't the big deal about him being late. It was just like I need to know you're safe. Yeah, yeah, of yeah. course. Um, See, me, I would have a curfew of like 10 o'clock, and had to make that decision around like 10:30. Like, okay, am I gonna show? Up, <laughs> am I gonna show up an hour late, or am I gonna make this make worth it? Make it worth it, <laughs> right? So I remember one time. I, one time I was stayed out past curfew and even my buddies were like, Hey man, weren't you supposed to be home like an hour ago? I'm like, nah, it's cool, man. And, you know, and this is before <laughs> cell phones. So like you have to actually yeah. pick up somebody's house phone so and make the phone call. call yeah. we right. And so 
I'm already tripping over the fact that I'm half hour late. I'm like, oh man, I'm thinking about like, okay, what's the story going to be? Uh, what happened oh, yeah. was yeah. there was a deer jumped out of the woods <laughs> and bro, you live in the desert. There's no deer out here. Okay, yeah, hold on. It, it, was a, it was a coyote. <laughs> right. I'm, it was one of those situations. I'm like, bro, I'm just going to make it worth it. Yeah. I'm, and I'm going to get home when they're asleep. I'm going to find a way to get in the house. <laughs> so, bro, we're and it wasn't anything crazy. I wasn't out partying. Like I was yeah. just hanging with my boys, you know? Yeah. We was probably kicking it with some girls we wasn't supposed to. Cause uh-huh. that was a no, no when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah. Like don't be hanging out with girls unless there's a grown up there. <laughs> so I remember <laughs> clear as day, my mother and my father were together at the time. So the street that we lived on, it was a straight shot down this street. And then it went into kind of like a half cul-de-sac mm-hmm. where it would kind of L off onto another street. Okay. And my house was right at the end. So you could see my house all the way from the far end okay. of this street. So I'm nervous as hell because it's about 3 o'clock in the morning. Uh-huh. Okay? I'm supposed to be home at like 10. <laughs> she, she knows it's about to come. She already okay. knows. My bedroom oh, is above the garage. And there's a huge window right okay. above the garage. Uh-huh. I see the light on in my bedroom. Oh, God. And they're standing... In the window <laughs> is my is the is the outline of my father, and he's standing there like Superman. He's got his hands <laughs> on his hips, and I can see it from about the mile down Ooh. this street. And I see him standing there, and he's probably in his drawers, oh, and he's oh, waiting. He was. He's waiting. <laughs> and I was like, George, bro, turn around, man, turn around. I'm going back to your house, We're man. I'm spend the night. Yeah, I'm like, let's go, let's go. So we turn around. I go stay at his house. Keep in mind. I stayed in the house of another person without telling my parents. Okay, and I was supposed next, to be. That was about to be my next question. They yes. didn't call and tell. And, Never called. Okay. okay. Never Ooh. called. I went back to George's house and went to sleep. Whew. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Come back about six in the morning. All my boys are with me. We're all, we stayed up probably all night. So uh-huh. we're dragging ass. Yeah. And we pull up. And I'm like, hey, man, y'all want to come inside and get something to eat, bro? <laughs> Thank Hell you. No. Hell no. I'm like, hey, man, y'all want to come inside say hi to mom and pop? Like, come on, man. And they're like, nah, we're good. <laughs> and, yeah, I, I'm, I'm probably like 13, 14, maybe a little bit older. Man, I got my ass chewed. I don't, I was probably still getting whooped back then. I don't, I think we stopped. Yeah, the, daddy stopped whooping me. The last, the last time daddy whooped me, I <laughs> I made a point to not cry. That shit hurt like hell. <laughs> that shit hurt so bad. But I was like, you know what? I'm not going to cry. So I'm just looking at him like. <laughs> and I did not let one tear come down my face. Yeah. And that was the last time he whooped me. But yeah, but still, that was probably my biggest issue. It was. Was curfew. Okay. Hanging out with girls I wasn't supposed to. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, it you was wouldn't. Always, he always loved the ladies. Even oh, when he was little. I, I, he was yeah. a five-year-old. Yeah. He was that five-year-old little yes. boy. I do. That I can was see just that loving the ladies. I can see that yeah. all day long. Yeah. I thought She's was, only four, Nick. And it, and I, yeah. <laughs> what is that little hat you wear? The, <laughs> yeah. The Trilliby. There Fendor- you go. See, the fedora. There you go. Yeah. I, <laughs> people thought I was conceited and. I think my mama just gave me swag, man. Like, <laughs> if you look at her now, yeah, I think I just got swag from my mom. But yeah, I, that was probably the biggest issue I gave you. And I will tell you this: like, I always it always bothered my conscience. Like, I felt bad about it. Yeah, yeah. I did. But you know, when you're young, and like I said, you, you probably feel like I was super boring after hearing their stories. But it just goes to show there's not a a book written 
on how to do it. You're right. And yep. I guarantee you, there's probably not a book written that says to do what you guys did. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> my, you should do that. Yeah, Maybe. Yeah. That one Maybe. Hey, that's a million dollar idea right there. I I'll mean, tell you what. <laughs> I don't want to be responsible for anything. Yeah. <laughs> but Liz, I told in the first, I mean, you're batting a thousand. You got two really good boys. Absolutely. Now, Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, they're great. Wonderful dudes. Um, shout out to Booba. Uh, is he still is he still available? Eligible bachelor? You know? Yes. He is. Okay, hey, there he we go. He needs a cute little wife and some babies. There we there go. go. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful dude. All you women on Facebook complaining that there ain't no good men out there. There is. Holler at your boy. Okay. <laughs> Holler at your boy. Yeah. That's one awesome. The, one of the first times that I realized that I really, really thought it worked was Christopher was upset with Fallon at my house and she had gotten in trouble for something and I don't know what it was for. And he told her to go stand by the back door that she was in timeout. And it just broke her little heart to have to stand there. And she stood there about a minute. And then he walked over to her and he got down on his knees and looked her in the eye and explained to her what she had done and why he was upset and make her say why she wouldn't do it again. And she understood. But to see her, Mm -hmm. she was being disciplined Right. And it broke her little heart, and that's all it took. Yeah. And then it was over, and the whole thing took about three minutes total. Yeah. And she learned a lesson and knew that she had done wrong and knew why Daddy was upset. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually a really wonderful segue because I wanted to talk to you guys about the gratification of being a parent and how it translates into being a grandparent because now – me and Chris are trying to figure this shit out. You guys oh, are done. Being a grandparent's awesome. <laughs> oh, you can do whatever you want, Amy. Yeah, yeah. You guys are done. So now you're looking at us like, ah, you know, you guys are watching us. But talk about. We hope that you guys feel a sense of pride when you watch us. Absolutely. Yeah. Try More to figure than the, you'll ever know. Try to yeah. figure this shit out as we go. <laughs> but and I, it's like I said earlier, I've tried to take the very best of what you and Dad taught me. And try to filter it out a little bit of the BS. And I hope my kids will do the same thing. Talk about being a grandparent and the differences between parenting versus grandparenting. Because I think it's a very interesting topic that we've discussed from our point of view. But we want to hear you guys talk about it. I think from a, as a grandparent, it's for me personally, watching you and watching your brother, mm-hmm. the way you are with your kids, I learned so much. There is a total sense of awe. I think, first of all, Nick, you and Josh are two of the best fathers ever. Thank and you. I, and, I, and I don't attribute that to any wonderful thing that I've done. I think it's just who you are as men. Mm-hmm. And it's beautiful. Thank you. But you should. You should. You should. <laughs> oh, definitely. That was definitely you. Yeah. I mean, if I'm just being honest, like it, what you did, what you instilled, how you raised those boys is a spitting image of how they turned out. Like yeah. they, the, the, the discipline and the respect that you put into both of them mm-hmm. is, yeah. is the, the way they turned out has a lot to do with you. Yeah. And Thank mom, you, Chris, I appreciate that. Yeah. Absolutely. And mom, there's been so many times that I've called you when I'm having issues with the kids or just issues, period, that you've slowed me down. And I think life and experience and wisdom, sometimes when you're a parent, 
That's everything's probably the biggest. Difference. Everything's going so fast. The yeah. shift from parenting yeah. to grandparenting is a more of a well. Let's step back. It's not yeah. the end of the world. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. of course. Because when I'm ready to kill Logan, this is the woman. <laughs> Logan, if you're listening to this, Mimi is the one who saves you every time. No. <laughs> because I'm just like, I, you know, it's so overwhelming because it's the parenting, it's of the course. job, it's the making sure you're also being a good husband, and it gets and the fact it, that it's in your face right there, right now, right. Like right. you, you need to come up with a decision right now yeah. on how to do it. And what mom does is she slows down and with all due respect, not because that's what you did as a parent, but no. because now that you're older, more experienced and you have the perspective, you can tell me, all right, Nick, let's step back for a second. And let me try to help you understand maybe what Logan yeah. is thinking, mm-hmm. maybe what he's feeling. Yeah. And then by the end of the conversation, I'm like, man, I was tripping. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, yeah. but that's, that's been the wonderful thing grandparents can do the same thing for their grandkids. You know, I have two kids who are about to be teenagers and I hope they realize how blessed they are to have their grandparents. You're right. In their life. Because mom, your mom passed away when I was 11. Yeah, I, I was believe. 30 years old. Yeah. I was 11, I think 10 or 11. And there's so many things that I went through as a young teenager, as a young man, that I was like, man, I, I wish I had my Mimi to talk to about this. Mm-hmm. Because, once again, no disrespect, things are going so fast. Yeah. There's a lot of things you miss. And, Mom, your situation was extremely unique because you also, just like I did a little bit later in your life, you came to a real moment of self-discovery when you realized the way that you had grown up, the things that you had been taught from the time you were a child were not the way. Right. That you were going to live your life moving forward. Right. And Can I ask when that was? This is a subject that really intrigues me. For mom, it was much later in life than me. Like, me oh, and my yeah. brother grew up okay. heavily involved in, uh-huh. in that religion and, and way of life. But okay. mom can probably tell you more about when it happened for her internally. Okay. I think for myself, I would say somewhere around my 40th birthday. Okay. Um. I just began to see things differently. Okay. And there was a lot of things that I had a question about for, even though I was born into, and like uh, Nick said, third generation, Mm -hmm. there were still some things that just didn't resonate with me. Okay. And it was at that time that I kind of began to seek my own path. Okay. Okay. Start to do some things differently. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that probably internally started happening even sooner than that because I was going through some things in my life as a young man at the same time that you were kind of going through some own some self-discovery of your own. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you guys have ever had this dynamic, but that kind of generated some dissension between my mother and I for sure. a little while. Um, I felt like, man, I'm her son. I'm going through this hard stuff. Why isn't she here when I'm going through it? But she was dealing with her own bullshit, yeah. her own yeah, yeah, yeah. cleansing, of, if you will, because she was carrying this weight on her shoulders. Okay the same weight that I had been carrying and we were both kind of relieving it at the same time. Okay. Okay. And you can't get mad at somebody for not giving you something they don't have. Of course. Exactly. Of course. And mama didn't have it to give at that time. And though I didn't realize that at the time, because of course, whatever's happening in your world, that's number one, right? Of course. But all this is happening to me. Why is it? But then once again, time perspective, you slow down. And I realize now, you know what? My mom was going through some shit. Yeah. And it wasn't, if she had it to give me, I know that she would because of my course. mother has always given me yes. whatever she had if she could help out. Mm-hmm. And more more times than I can even count. 
But even that's, in that time, it's interesting that you say that. I don't think I realized it until, and it's like a lot of things in life. You don't realize it in the throes and the moments of it. Uh-huh. So I was coming up on a time of my marriage um, was, was coming to its end. Okay. I was making some self-discovery about my own individuality okay. from a spiritual and a, a personal okay. perspective. My son, like I said, who is also at a p- point in his life where he's, kind of turning the corner. Okay. Mm-hmm. There was so much going on. Yeah. Now, did you tell her when you started um, shifting? Or did you tell him when you started shifting? I think, you know what? Or did, I it, think just, did it just organically happen? We had a conversation once. We were sitting at a table. I think my mom is the one who admitted it first. Like, okay. this ain't for me. Okay. At that time, I wasn't, like, heavily involved in the church or anything. Like, uh-huh. I was just kind of, sometimes I was there, sometimes yeah, I wasn't. Mm-hmm. But I was kind of already doing my thing. But I do remember when mom basically sat me down. I'm going to tell you right now. I was a little bit angry in that moment. Okay. In that very moment. I mean, I can I can understand and I'm gonna why. Tell you, I'll tell you why. Okay. Because I'm like, mom, you're telling me at that time I was 23, 24. Okay. I'm like, so mom, you're telling me everything you've taught me mm-hmm. for 23, 24 years yeah. of how I need to live my life how I should be living my life, Mm -hmm. what is right, what is wrong, what is good, what is bad. You're telling me right now that that's all out the window? Like, hey, sorry, it's not for me. Yeah, Mm -hmm. That's the only thing I gave you in this life, but it's not for me. Yeah. At the time, that was upsetting to me. I I can definitely see that. Even though, and, you know, it was pride, because even though I was completely on board with what she was saying, Uh it just made me mad, like, why now? Of course. Think about all the stuff yeah. that I didn't do yeah. that I could have done if you would have decided this when I was five. Yeah. When I was growing up, I loved playing sports. I wanted to play basketball. I wanted yeah, to play football. I wanted to do music. We grew up the way we were raised. That was a no-no because you can't serve God and do those things. Yeah. Your life needs to be 100% dedicated to serving your God, and that is it. Nothing extra. And don't be associating with other people who aren't doing the same thing that you're doing. So at the time, I had a lot of resentment. Of course. I'm like, you mean to tell me when my coaches were begging me to play football, begging me to play basketball, coaches offering to buy me new shoes, telling yeah. me that I can come live with them because yeah. if that's the if I'm breaking the rules in my house, I it was it was crazy. Yeah. Yeah, so, because what was your nickname as far as basketball? I mean I had I a lot. Yeah. White Mike. <laughs> White Mike. <laughs> White chocolate. White Mike. Slim Shady. <laughs> yeah. So it was a career waiting. Yeah. I, I mean love that. I love yeah, that. Yeah, I do. I can see that I can see White Mike on a pair of shoes right now. I'm just saying. Yeah, so I felt some resentment at that time. And that was a hard thing for me to hear from you too. Because yeah. it took me a while. Because I realized that everything that I had, and it wasn't that I had, I was being a hypocrite. At the yeah. time that I taught Nicholas or that I was sharing those things. That was those all beliefs, you knew. It was all I knew. Of course. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I believed it as, I believed it with every fiber of my being. But yeah. it was, it was like I started to question things. And I was like, mm-hmm. Wait a minute. So was it just like a, was it like a light bulb? Was it like a slow transition? Into it was like the, Why this? Why that? Yeah, okay. it was a slower okay. transition. Gotcha. And then it was... Uh, yeah, it was a slow transition. Okay. Yeah, it can't be like a flick of the switch. Imagine being in a dark room, and then all of a sudden a huge bright light comes on. Mm-hmm. It's too overwhelming. You can't see anything. I You're got confused. You. Yeah. For me, it was a gradual thing. Okay. 
And it was one of those things that I started questioning things that I never questioned before. Yeah. Because you would never question if grass is green. Yeah. Or if the sky is blue, you mm-hmm. would never question if you're supposed to eat breakfast in the morning, lunch during the middle of the day. Yeah. Dinner night. Because it's what you're taught. Yeah. It's what you do. So imagine learning that, you know what? That's not necessarily true. It doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. This is one perspective of many. And when you grow up the way we did, you only saw one perspective. Yeah. You only saw one side of the coin. And so even though I felt some resentment, I understood where she was coming from. I am very happy that as time, perspective, experience went down the line, my mother, I can easily say, is one of my very best friends because we understand one another because we were going through those things at the same time. And that's phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's one of the great things about having your parents there for you. And you got to cherish it while you have them. Oh, of course. And to anybody who's fortunate enough to have their grandparents in their life. Yeah. Uh, take advantage of that while you can, yeah. because they're going to keep your parents from killing you more yeah. than likely. <laughs> uh, that was sort of a similar situation we went through. My whole entire family was raised Catholic, very, okay. very, very Catholic. Okay. And when I, got, when me and Keith decided to get married, we were told that he could not get married in the Catholic Church because he had been married before. So he had to go through classes. We had to write a letter to the Pope. The Pope had to send him a letter saying, since he was not married in the Catholic Church before, by law, by God or whatever, he was not really officially married. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. So he got baptized Catholic. We got married in the Catholic Church. And I walked out of the church and went, I'm done being Catholic. Right. And so... That was another decision we made together that we were not going to baptize our boys Catholic. Mm-hmm. We were not going to raise them Catholic. We were going to wait until they decided on their own. Absolutely. And Chris came to us at about 12 years old and said, Mom, I want you to come to a special ceremony they're having at the church. They used to hang out at a little church. Mm-hmm. It, was right. the, it was a little church that was real um, friendly with the teenagers. They wanted the kind of the same aspect we had of them having hanging at the house having there somewhere to go there wasn't want, a dress code we there want you to come here dressed like you are yeah. looking like you are hang out in our parking lot yeah. so that you're safe so that you're here okay. and there was a good crew of them a great you know they had a, a nice little following that hung out on wednesdays and sundays and did that yeah and he came to us and said i have something i want y'all to come to and he was he chose on his own to be baptized in that church mm-hmm. right and um I mean, and he was young. And I told Keith then, I said, we did the right thing. Because that's when he chose to do it. Not because he was born and we went, oh my gosh, you're going to be Catholic. What's great about that, anybody who goes to a church every Sunday or however many times a week they go, I don't. I don't have a problem with that. If that's what if that's what your service you feel like you need to do. That's great, and I'm, do it. I'm not anti-religion in no, that form. No, of course not. It's just for myself, I think your relationship with whomever is your higher power is an extremely personal thing. Of course. And I, I think I just decided, you know what, I don't necessarily need to share that with anyone yeah. but myself. Of course. And I think that's where I'm at. I, I, Mom, I believe that's kind of the similar take Absolutely. That, that you have. Absolutely. And to think about my mom being okay with that now is blows my mind. <laughs> yeah. It blows my mind. I'm yeah. so much happier and so much more chill right now because I think 
again, I, I'm like, I'm with you. I don't want to knock anything that anyone believes. Of course. I think that's very personal and very, I'm on board with that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but from, from my standpoint, I just feel like it's been a great deal of relief. Of course. If you will. Of course. And a great, it, it's, it's taken a lot of the uh, contr- control mm-hmm. factor out is to be able to live and allow other people to live as well of and course. not feel like, oh, I need to tell you what yeah. God has told me. Yes. Yes. Back that up a little bit. Yeah. yeah. That's just that's just where I'm at now. Yeah. And right. I'm yeah. I'm 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 able to focus on some other things now. And that's fantastic. <laughs> that's I mean self care is so uh, and even it's when important. I, like, it's when I say self care, I mean everything like, you know, your your body, your mind, your your mm-hmm. your personality, everything that you as a person you take care of, it's so critical right. as to how you interact with other people mm-hmm. is how you <coughs> interact in your relationship, mm-hmm. how you interact with your kids. Like if you are not happy as a person, if you are miserable or you are dreading or you are stressed, like it bleeds <coughs> through you. Right. Yeah. right. And I love hearing stories with people just like, you know what? Let it it's go. All, it's all good, man. Let it like, go. It's yeah. all good. Yeah. And all your positive things that you post online all the time and every morning and every second. I can't wait to jump on Facebook and see what Chris has got going yeah. on next. Yeah. And even Jonathan, he does That's the, the same thing. That's the high gorilla. They, <laughs> they post these things that you wake up and you go, wow, okay, I can do this. Yeah. I, just, I, lo- I yeah. love hearing the stories. I love hearing, like, you know, when people say, like, I woke up this morning and I feel fantastic. Just seeing that on Facebook makes me feel so good. I don't even know. Like I said, I have almost 5,000 friends on Facebook. I don't know that person at all, but I'm so happy for them. Yeah. Like, you go get a boo-boo. Like, hell yeah, go go tackle this day. <laughs> it excites me. Things like that yeah. really, really get me going. Mama, do you mind talking about the relief and release that you felt when you finally were able to be honest with me and Josh about your personal choices? Absolutely. And about Absolutely. your sexuality? Absolutely. Okay, because we're talking about right now feeling better and feeling healthy and mm-hmm. alive and happy. Mm-hmm. I know for a fact that before you were able to do that, you were not that. Not at all. And the reason I think it's an important discussion to have, because there may be other people fighting that same battle, and I do have a perspective from my side, but I, would, I just want you to talk about that release um, and how how you felt once you were finally able to to let that off of your shoulders? Absolutely, I um, came to the realization. Actually, I always knew my whole life um, that I was gay, but being brought up in a religious background, mm-hmm. I felt like that was something that God was never going to forgive me for and never going to understand. And so, it was necessary for me to conform myself into what it was that God was going to approve of and my family was going to approve of. Needless to say, that whole struggle, I want to, I have such a, a heartfelt place for young people, even though I was an adult, I still struggled, but a lot of young people uh, do things, harm themselves because they feel like they just don't know how to deal with it. Mm -hmm. And I went through that as well as a, as a teenager. But once I got to the place where there was a lot of therapy involved, a lot of tears, a lot of anguish. Mm-hmm. I was able to finally, and I, 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 was, I was in therapy for a while, uh, trying to figure this thing out. I had an assignment while I was in there that really changed everything. 
Okay. Because I kept talking about God. I kept talking about God to this doctor. Mm -hmm. And um, I really appreciate her because she said to me, you keep talking about God, but if you were to have a conversation with God and say, God, this is who I am, what do you think God would say? And I never looked at it from that point of Of view. My whole life I was really more so thinking about what people would say. Okay, I got you. And so she said, your assignment is to write a letter to God and see and communicate how you really feel. Okay. So once I did that, the next part of the assignment was for me to give a response of what I thought God would say back to me. Now, my knowledge made me feel like God would not throw me aside, wouldn't, you know, say, Mm -hmm. well, you're not good enough and all these things. And it was sort of like a release. Yeah. Yeah. So once we got past the God piece, okay, she says to me, now I want you to choose two people that you love more than anything, and you need to let them know. So, okay. I, of course, I chose my two sons. Right. Wow. Do you remember when you did that, what I said to you? I'll never forget what you said to me. Here's I'll, the release. I'll let you tell it. I, I picked up the phone and I called Nick, and I it was really hard. I was clearing my throat a lot. And yeah. There's something I need to tell you. And uh, he's like, well, what is it, Mom? What is it? Finally, I got the nerve to, to, to spit it out. And he says to me, Mom, I've already known that. Really? Really? For years. And, and the part that hurts me is that you've gone through so much anguish by not being able to be the person that you really yeah. are. Yeah. If I would have known what you were going through, I would have let you know that I knew. But I always figured you would tell me when you were ready in your own time. And yeah, that was a that was, was a really yeah, that was wow. a great moment. And the only thing I wanted mom to know was like, that don't change nothing. I love you. Yeah. You're my mother. You brought me into this world. Of course. Thank God that you were able to struggle that struggle long enough for me and my brother to be born. Yeah. But right. now that we're grown, we're adults. Like it's time to be you. Of course. And, you know? and, Nick, and Nick and Josh both had the same I told them at separate times, but they had the same response, which was, we love you, you're our mom, of and course. this doesn't change anything. Yeah. From that moment forward, it did not matter what another human being or another spirit creature thought. Yeah. I was free. It's phenomenal. Yeah. I was free. That's phenomenal. Absolutely. That was a weight lifted off my shoulders, too. His mom kept all that to herself uh-huh. all that struggle all going to, to therapy to good parent. I, 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 <laughs> didn't, I didn't know about any of, i didn't know yeah. about any of her going to therapy and i mean if i didn't known that that's how hard she was struggling yeah i definitely would have said something but i feel like that is the moment that i was able to let go of any resentment i had about how things weren't working out yeah in my teenage years early adult years because then i realized like man mom's really been struggling with uh-huh. this and I was able to step outside of myself and see that she had something going on. And I put myself in her shoes. Like, how would I feel yeah, if yeah. I, for the entirety of my life, could not be myself? And then I realized, you know what? She was going through some self-discovery in those moments that I felt like I needed her. And you know what? I had everything I needed. I, I've made it to this point, you know? And yeah. I, I figured things out on my own. Yeah. And, by not having my mom there to solve every single problem for me, that probably helped me out to taught me how to tough things out on my own. There you go. So, yeah. But I feel like that was the moment that that everything changed for us. And That's incredible. Th- what it I actually want- kind of bound, bound us, I feel like, on a different level. Yeah. 
me, you, and Josh, and then of course with my my experience with yeah. my grandkids as well. Yeah, and I, and that would be my message to anyone going through something similar. Your relationship with your parents, there's there's a lot that goes on that as a child you don't know about, and it's really easy to once again be caught up in what's going on with you. My, my message to anybody in that situation, if maybe somebody that you love, they're different, they know they're different, but they you are waiting to tell them that you know, like, go ahead and let them know. Like, be honest with them. Don't make them go through that struggle because that is the only, I don't live with a whole lot of regrets. That's one of the very few regrets I have in my life that I didn't just come out to my mom and say, hey, mom, I understand. I know it doesn't matter. Like, let's move on. And so that would would be the one thing that if if anybody was listening in that situation, that's the advice that I would give them. So you two never had any beef, real beef. That's cool if you didn't, man. I mean, we did, and I'm gonna keep this very. Did you settle short. it in a rap battle? I'm That's what I want to know. Very short. <laughs> Early on in this conversation, you asked me if there was ever a, a line that was crossed, right? Right. At one particular time in my life, there was, and not only did I cross it, I ran across that motherfucker guns up blazing. Ninety miles an hour. <laughs> yeah. I mean, guns up blazing, son. It was no joke. It wasn't a mom can help me. It was a Chris fucked up, yeah. period, right? The man, I'm not going to say his name because I don't know if he would approve of me saying it or not. Yeah. But one of my principles is God's honest truth is, is my savior. Yeah. The man did what he had to do, and I can tell it hurt him. I can tell it was very, very, very uncomfortable. It was a messy situation. They called my parents. I was expelled. And not only was I, ex- I was expelled, I was no longer welcome back. I was given three options. I could go to a alternative school. alternative school. I could go get homeschooled or I could drop out and obtain a GED mm-hmm. at a later point. So, of course, you know what my options were. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to that motherfucker. <laughs> Y'all yeah. are crazy. Mm-hmm. My yeah. mom is going to homeschool me. I'm going to yeah. get homeschooled. Mm-hmm. Guess what, buddy? Mama wasn't homeschooling me. Yeah. And dad told me, you're going, Bubba. You're going. <laughs> yeah. Because you need it. You mm-hmm. fucked up. Mm-hmm. Straight up. You crossed the line. And not only did you cross it, but you ran across it. Guns are blazing. So you had to go to alternative school is oh. what we're talking? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you something, man. This whole little... Punk rock, Chris Clark, hell raising bastard that everybody knew back in the day, who was just buck shit wild, who was a party animal, who was the was the life of the party, right? Yeah. Everybody came, everybody came, everybody partied, everybody had a good time. Go to that place. Get you some of that. Like yeah. find out how bad things can really get. I spent six six and a half months. So let's say seven months. I transitioned back second semester of my sophomore year. I transitioned back through, uh, like, an ISS program, yeah. 30 days. And then I transitioned back into school. And, dude, the first day of school, I didn't get dressed all nice. I didn't get all spoofed up. I wanted to see normal kids again Yeah, that had colors on their shirts, mm. that had, you know, nobody was wearing the same pair of shoes. It was so different, and yeah. and maybe one day I'll explain the whole story because it is a very personal yeah. part yeah. of it my is, path. And I cried every day because 
his dad is the one that told me yeah. I was not going to homeschool him yep. because his dad said, this is where, yep. and Keith doesn't stand up very much and tell me this is where we're going to, we're going to do this. Yeah. And this is where I've let you do it all this time. Yep. And you can't save him. You can't get him out of trouble. You can't bribe the teachers or right. give a thousand pencils to the man that called every day and saying if the boy would just bring a pencil to school. Right. He had to figure it out on his own. And yeah. it saved his life. Yeah. It, it saved his life. Dude, I'm telling you, like I walked out of that school and I was like Never again. Yeah. Ever. I walked into that principal's office. I shook his hand. I said, you will never, ever, ever have a lick of trouble out of me ever again. And I swear by it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I swear by it. I mean, I had my lip pierced. I had my tongue pierced. I had my ears gauged, my nose pierced, eyebrows. I took all of it out. Let it all close up. I was wearing normal clothes. I was was going to class. I wasn't skipping class anymore. I wasn't doing the little horse shit that everybody else was doing. And there was this one time, man, that I, bro, when I say I walked a straight line, you weren't going to catch me because I wasn't doing it. Right. There was no fucking up. I wasn't hanging out with people who was fucking up. I was walking a straight and narrow path because I never wanted to do that again. I never wanted to be in that situation ever, ever again. Right. Dude, 11th grade, Miss Clark, need you to come open your car. Dogs hit on it. I said, y'all got the wrong motherfucking car. Mm -hmm. That ain't my car. (laughs) I promise you. The 91 Ford Explorer. No way. The principal who sent me to that alternative school was, hey, dude, you've been back two months. What's in the car? I said, I I swear to you, there's nothing in that car. Yeah. I got two cigarettes in that car, in the glove compartment, Marlboro 72s. I'll tell you exactly where they're at, exactly how many in the pack. My bad. Like, sorry. I totally forgot about them. He said, nope. A firearm dog hit on your car. I said, it ain't my car, man. I'm telling you, yeah. it ain't mine. Here's the keys, buddy. Have fun. Well, dude, they start pulling up and putting stuff on the hood. I'm like, hey, what? I'm thinking, like, they're trying to get me again. I'm like, uh-uh. I start getting frustrated. I'm like, dude, that's no, 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 no. I swear. That's not, that's not, my, whatever that is, is not mine. He's like, explain this. It was a spent 22 shell. Buried in 50,000 layers of gunk. Mm. Wow. And dude, I start laughing. You want to fucking write <laughs> me a ticket for that? You fucking go ahead. <laughs> Call my dad. I, he'll tell you exactly where that came from. Like, yeah. that's not a live round. That's what they picked up on the gunpowder residue mm-hmm. yeah. from 15 years ago. He said, we're going to give you a ticket for the tobacco. Go back to class. Yeah. So, But this principal had his back. He did. Him and a couple of the other teachers. Yep. All the way through the rest of high school, when a teacher would come and say, well, while he was in alternative school, he didn't have enough credits to pass computer class, or he didn't have enough credits to do this, or that principal and several of those teachers said, "Uh, oh, yeah, he did. Oh, yeah, we'll put him in this. He had a welding teacher that said, I'll vouch for him anytime. His football coaches, several of them said, if you could find somebody else to vouch for you, I'll vouch for you. And they'd say, I'll vouch for you. Yep. Well, that's good. So, Mama Clark, was was there like a a time period where Chris had to earn your trust back? Because you were saying, obviously, this was a pretty contentious time. No. He... (laughs) The part of this story that he's not telling you is he was scot-free 
in the principal's office <sighs> when the other two boys were taking out in tie wraps, the police had them. Oh, okay. And he stood up and admitted that he was a part of it as well. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So, he so you almost got away with so it. So he would have got away <laughs> yeah. with it if he right. sat there and kept his mouth shut. Mm. But his conscience wouldn't let him because he yeah. said, Mama, those were my friends. Yeah. Now, it was very hard for me because I wanted to homeschool him. I didn't yeah. want him to go to a jail. I didn't want him to be around thugs and right. other people. This was a place that you had to remove your shoes when you went in the bathroom. Yeah. You had to go to three different sets of shirts. You started in a white shirt. Mm-hmm. When you moved up and got your gray shirt, you got an extra dessert. Oh, and when wow. he came home and said, I'm in a gray shirt now. And then when you moved up, you went into a black shirt and they didn't pat you down before you went to the bathroom. Yeah. Or you didn't have to take yeah. your shoes off anymore. Or you didn't. He he went through all of those steps through the program and did it. And he was scared on the basketball court because yeah. those were yeah. those were real criminals. I yeah. mean, I guess you would say right before you get to that criminal yeah. those stage. Are the, those are the real gangsters. And yeah. they were the ones that he was <laughs> yeah. scared of. Yeah. He said, and Dad said, the difference between this and jail is you get to come home every night right yep. now. Yeah. Mm. Yep. And so when he finished the program, he had gone through all three of his shirts. He went up all the way to the top. The other boys that went with him didn't do quite as well. Yeah. You know? So you knew it worked. But it was very hard for me because I was the mom that said, no, I want to, you know, I want right. to homeschool. I, it was his dad that said, absolutely not. And that's what saved his life. Yeah. yeah. I, it saved his life. Yep. If that he wouldn't, awesome. if he wouldn't have had that eye opening experience, because like he said, at that time in his life, he was going through that mouthy stage where he could he thought he could get away with anything mm-hmm. he could nobody knew what he was doing you know yeah and um, it was steamrolling really quick it was it yeah. was getting going, amped up really quick yeah. it was getting to the point took a two by four and smashed me on the head right. and yeah. that's what i needed right. yeah you know that's that's truly what i needed and it's it did it saved my life yeah and well, i was so appreciative walking back into where i was going to school like i was so just like Getting Ooh. that second chance. Yeah. Was, Man, like, I'm here. Let's learn. Yeah. You want to teach me something? Let's learn. You know. So before that happened, Chris, would you say it felt like you were invincible before that? Be- like Before just, that? Your feet didn't even touch the ground, sounds yeah, like. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I just, I had so many people in my corner. You're not going to mess with me. Yeah. You're not going to get to me. Yeah. You like, can't touch me. I, and as silly as that sounds, that's genuinely how I felt. Yeah. I mean, I had anywhere we went, we went with 15, 20 guys. We, no, we didn't. If if somebody wanted to fight, you're going to fight one of us. You're going to fight all of us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You better have a big crew. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So nobody messed with us. And it, we didn't have a, you know, a click in high school for say, we didn't have like a, a tight knit group. We were cool with everybody. Yeah. We hung out and chilled as long as you're a good person, as long as you're, you know, kosher and you yeah. know, have a good moral compass. Bring it. Like let's let's hang out. Let's chill. We didn't, you know, we didn't stick to just guys who played football or just guys who skateboarded. We just we just were whoever. Yeah. So we had whoever backing us up everywhere we went. And I'm telling you, when that two by four hit my head, it was an eye opener, man. Yeah. It, it really was. And I was just like, I am not ten foot tall, and I'm not fucking bulletproof. Mm-hmm. I, and and I ain't nothing without all these people standing here behind me. Yeah, right. I mean, because when you go there, it's just you. It's just you. <laughs> that's that's an incredible story, man. I didn't even know that. I'm I'm sitting here learning like it's church over yeah. here. <laughs> I didn't even know that story. 
the awesome thing about it, though, man, is your parents had your back. They did. And they even let you get your ass whooped a little bit yeah. to teach you a yeah. lesson. And as we sit here today, it's safe to say that we're living some of the best parts of our life right now. Dude, you we lived could it. not have said it better. We survived mm-hmm. it. Yep. And we are here. We're and here. I'm, I'm extremely and grateful. We got the t-shirt. <laughs> we got t-shirt. We got yeah, it, buddy. But we what y'all it. learned from us helped you along the way. Oh, absolutely. But what you did with it when you became adults and did on your own made you what you are today. Yes, Amen. that's true. That's, that's so powerful. Yep. Yeah. That is very powerful. You can have all the knowledge in the world. And we've seen examples of people who had all the resources needed. Yeah. But you got to take it and you got to run with it. You're right. And that's, you know, you can see that on any of Chris Clark's motivational posts <laughs> in the morning. He'll let you know that you got to do it first. <laughs> so this has been really fun. I'm glad that we we got into some deep conversation. I hope people have a better understanding of our relationship with yeah. our mothers, with who our mothers are, and where the... Anytime we get on this microphone, we start spitting some crazy shit. Now y'all know who it came from. Uh, <laughs> we are not to blame for that. Yeah. Only so the good stuff. The people who are loyal listeners to our show are going to enjoy the fact that we had you on and that you guys uh, gave a little bit of perspective about who you are, who we are, and how we got here. So once again, very glad that you guys are on this Smells Like Middle-Aged Spirit podcast. Chris tells me... Liz, you're a very big fan of the show. I am a very big fan of the so, show. So <laughs> would you mind possibly taking a quiz and finding out just how big of a fan you are? Sure. <laughs> All right. I have six questions here. That's enough to give each of you three a piece. And let's play this little game called... Who knows smells like middle-aged spirit best? Mom, are you opposed to this at all? I know you're a very busy woman. I know you listen to multiple podcasts. When you're working, it could be mine. It could be somebody else's. I got really easy questions. If you don't know them, it's it's not a big deal. Because you'll just go back and listen. <laughs> right? Everybody go back right? and listen. Because anybody, anybody can miss anything. I'll tell you what. If your answer is wrong, you will hear this sound. Yeah, and uh, if it's correct, you will hear this sound. Yeah, buddy. All righty. <laughs> I'm going to ask this question. One of you guys who knows it, answer it. And then whoever answers, the next person will get to answer the next one. Really simple. What is Chris's nickname on the show? The gorilla. The Tarzan. Let's gorilla. see. Uh, we're going to ask Tarzan. the Tarzan. We're going to ask the judges if that's acceptable. <laughs> All righty. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah, uh, Christopher Clark is AKA the hype gorilla. Oh, hype, hype gorilla. And he gave himself that name. I did not come up with that. Uh, that goes to demonstrate the ferocity of how he attacks uh, his projects and his ideas. Okay, cool. So, that being the hype gorilla, Mom, do you know what type of business Chris attempted to start? This was in the first episode. First episode. Do you know what business... You want me to give you multiple choice? <laughs> yeah, give her multiple choice. Yes, please. Okay. That okay, always okay. helps me Let's go multiple life. choice. <laughs> is the answer A, selling shampoo? Is it B, Mary Kay? Is it C, handmade soap? That would be C, handmade soap. <laughs> there you go. All righty. There you go. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Okay, very good. Yes. And uh, as and we, we also... had soap for years. <laughs> Worthless hey, handmade hey, soap. Everybody was washing their ass in Chris's family. <laughs> 
For sure. Can never be too clean. Yeah, That's and it. then uh, until the Urban Soap Bar put him out of business. Ooh, buddy. <laughs> so this one's going to go to Liz. What unusual item did my niece, Aliciana, say her mom once put on a pizza? Do you need multiple choice? Yes, I don't remember that one at all. I'm sorry, and it wasn't a pizza. It was a cake. Oh, well, stay there. <laughs> I, I don't know why I typed pizza in these notes. It was definitely a cake. I need to listen. Okay. Aliciana said that her mother either A, put broccoli on a cake, B, anchovies on a cake, C, pickles on a cake. I'm going to go with pickles, but I don't remember. <laughs> that is correct. Yeah, Yay! <laughs> yeah in, that, in episode two, the little Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving click, episode. yes, I asked her to tell me a joke, and she said once her mom made a cake and put pickles on it and warmed it up in the refrigerator. <laughs> kids say the darndest things. I'm so glad I did that because yeah. it was perfect. Like all the, all the kids' answers were great. Okay, so now we're going to go to mom. Do you remember what fun fact Maddie shared about herself that she said most people don't know? A, that she has curly hair. B, that she is part black. Or is it C, that she sometimes enjoys the smells of her own fart? <laughs> Just do it. <laughs> I have no idea. I feel like I heard her say something that it had I think it's her, it. her curly hair. That it's is correct. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, buddy. I think our moms are listening, bro. What is up? All right. Yes. <laughs> Liz, what has two butts and kills people? Oh, good God. One of y'all stupid jokes from last from episode number three. <laughs> a, a, a quacker. Uh, no, do you remember what has two butts and kills people? <laughs> No. <laughs> An ass assin. <laughs> All right. Hey, that's the first one. That's okay. That's the first one, though. Well, I'm sorry. I forgot that one. No, it's okay. It's okay. Hey, we're doing good. All right, Mom. The last question goes to you. You should know this. What was Nick's favorite gift as a child? This is from the Christmas episode, and I discovered that I was pronouncing the name of this gift wrong. <laughs> that's probably a really big hint. Well... Now I don't know how to say it. <laughs> okay, you but know I, when you're a kid and you don't pronounce things right? Uh -huh. Okay, my mom just never corrected me. <laughs> well, no one corrected me, so right. there you go. Yeah. yeah, you can only give what you got, right? Teddy Russ... Rucks. Brooks. Rux, yes. The <laughs> stupidest name for a child. So, like, there's not a child on the planet that can pronounce that name. Yeah. But the Teddy Ruxpin, thank you, uh, Stacy and Jonathan, for letting me know that I Oh, and, and Rom, letting me know that I was pronouncing that wrong. But yes, that is the correct answer. You guys did very good. Yeah, buddy. You guys are paying attention. Very that impressive. is impressive. Very impressive. Well, Liz, Mom... Thank you guys so much for sitting here and doing this. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. It's been fun. Thank hashtag, you for having us. Hashtag absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to so, get it going, man. We're going to get that going. Yeah, yeah. Is there anything that you two ladies need to let the world know before we get out of here? We are very proud of you boys. We appreciate that. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Absolutely. And uh, I, I, I second that sentiment. Thank you so much. Very um, much appreciated. We are very proud to be your sons. I can say that without any hesitation. <laughs> it's uh, yes, And it's yes. been great to have you guys on. Once again, everyone listening, 
We hope you enjoyed this episode. We hope you enjoy all of our episodes. If you've been following us since September on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, we cannot thank you enough. We ask that you please continue to share our content with your friends and family. If you love them, tell them about the Smells Like Middle-Aged Spirit podcast. Not just two quality individuals, but two quality mothers who raise them. And uh, what you've just heard is hopefully what will be part one of a three, possibly four-part series of All in the Family. Uh, We are looking forward to talking to our snot-nosed little brothers (laughs) in our next episode. (laughs) And you'll also get to hear from the women who put up with us on a daily basis, our beautiful wives. So (laughs) we're looking forward to that. Once again, we cannot thank everyone enough. This has been the Smells Like Middle-Aged Spirit podcast. For our mothers, Yura and Liz, my name's Nick Stevenson. My name's Chris Clark. We'll see y'all next time. You've been listening to the Smells Like Middle-Aged Spirit podcast with Nick and Chris. For more show content, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.